Because white supremacy is what keeps these structures in place mm -hmm. that that ensure, you know, whether it's redlining, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, bias in hiring, uh, housing, mm -hmm. uh, school selections. That's what keeps the structure in place that keeps black people as a group mm -hmm. disenfranchised. Welcome in another fantastic day in the uh, coronavirus crisis uh, that continues along here and uh, <laughs> lockdown. Mm -hmm. uh, David face masked up. Oh, by the way, David David person. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I, here. I, I'm here. I, face mask and all. I, I didn't. I didn't even allow you to introduce yourself. That, that's all right. I, so pe I think on. people by now they know that I'm here. They know I'm here. David person yeah, here I, I, with I, Josh Moon. I, I, hey, ooh, you introduced me. <laughs> Turn the tables. Like it. Alright, so, yeah, we're, uh, you know what, uh, I, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're at, uh, day, what, 70 of this or something? I don't know, 700? Yeah, it feels like 700. I, I, I don't even yeah. know what day it is anymore. I just, uh, you know, I just kind of roll in here and, uh, late, as usual. Uh, <laughs> did get into a traffic jam today, which was odd. First How one of those. Happen? I know, traffic right? Traffic jam on 565 in Huntsville, Alabama, uh, during the coronavirus uh, quarantine. Uh, How did that happen? I, you know, what happened? What, what, see what happened? Uh, was that there is a uh, a new stadium here? Yeah. And, which, by the way, I got a question. So, uh, there you have the Trash Pandas, yeah. You know, you're the new minor league team here in Madison, and they are uh, opening a new stadium. And and they were supposed to start play in like mid March, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. I had tickets oh. for well, opening day. Where the hell were these people going to park over there? Because man, there is not a uh, there's like one little tiny parking lot over there by, by that thing, and there the so. Basically, that's the reason why I got stopped. They they they've completed the exit. It looks like, and so now they're remarking all the lanes, and okay. and so they had everything kind of shut down. Yeah. Uh, we were, I was just dead stop for for a period of time, but uh, you know that's uh, my commute in. I know everybody was really interested in <laughs> commute for a podcast that they didn't even know was late. It won't be late for them. So, it won't be late yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah right. The only person really affected by this was David, who yeah. had to sit in the parking lot for a little and, while. And and as I said to you, you really don't even have to worry about it. I was on a Zoom call uh, doing some other business. So it worked out. Yeah, well, that's a you know talk about that. a Zoom well, chat or what, is that is that what we call them chats? Uh, we don't call them calls. They're not really calls. Zoom annoyances. Is what <laughs> everybody talking at once. Nobody can hear anything. Yeah, Have you seen the one with the lady that accidentally goes to the bathroom while she's on it? Oh yes, uh, I have. That least, was hilarious. Yeah, that was hilarious. I don't got to turn that Poor camera thing. the other way. Poor thing. <sighs> but you know, she. Well, you know, I guess she's she was used to the whole thing with our cell phones. Uh huh. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've been on the toilet on the cell phone. You hit that mute button; it's a blessing. But, uh, exactly. Quite, you know, if you don't handle that Zoom, yeah, right, I know, right? You know. It's uh, and I guarantee I can't tell you how many times too that at the end of a of a Zoom. Uh, thing there, it, it has not completely shut itself down, uh, and, and so you can still hear people talking or whatever. And yeah. I, you know, there's got to be thousands of cases of people just going, <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a waste of time! 
We've been doing for the last hour here. I can't stand him. Every time he leaves a meeting, he talks too doggone much. Yeah, all of that kind of stuff and more and more. Well, you know, man, one of these days, you know, we're going to emerge from this. You yeah. know, in in you know, in twenty twenty five, and uh, is it going to be that long? If we don't do something about the fool in the White House, it may be. But you know what? I think you're right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. Seriously, I think you're I, right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's either going to be that long or it's going to be a zombie situation but uh we yeah. we have yeah. uh yeah i think we're gonna we're gonna try to explain to the uh, people what had took place during this time period you know 10 15 years down the road and, and i and I, you know, I don't know that uh, you know, like I, my, my daughter is just going to be like, what? No. what? I, don't even, no. I don't know what's, what's going on. They're not going to understand, and they're going to look at us thinking, why the hell didn't you do something about it? Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's... You know, why did you let this this these people lead us into huh. this? Well, speaking of questions of leadership, uh, yeah. the yeah. Alabama legislature is in session, and uh, it, it did not take long. Uh, I think I wrote uh, this week that the shenanigans uh, started almost immediately. And and honestly, it is like there is a race uh, to see who can be the dumbest in the shortest amount of time, and, uh, and also destroy the most number, the most people. It seems to me the lives of the yeah, most people. Yeah, it is there. Uh, and Will Ainsworth just lost his mind. I don't know what what the hell. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I, I mean, minute. I know. I know. News break. Breaking news. Uh, what? What's that? Yeah, Will Ainsworth did what? I, I, it's like he realized uh, at some point that it didn't serve him at all to be rational and sane with a, mm. with a party that he's a member of, and we've got to get we've got to get this figured out. And now the only person that is acting rationally and with some sanity mm. is the governor, who uh, yeah. I think she's weighed everything and decided. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm not. Uh, going to be in my last years here and and let this thing run out the clock run out on my life and me right. waste all these people's lives over this and so uh but it, the <laughs> she's getting no backing from her party no. uh you know she would be interesting if uh, the governor of the state announced she was going to switch parties but you know uh mm. the um mm. because she is there there has been a legitimate legitimate behind the scenes fight that has taken place between the governor's office uh, and a number of of high profile Republican yes, let lawmakers. Like you can tell. Um, you can tell. And, I mean, it is it has gotten nasty. I know uh, you're you're plugged in very. You're very well sourced in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. I'm not, mm-hmm. but I can tell by the headlines mm-hmm. that there is some serious biting, kicking, scratching, yeah. and punching going on. It, it's, it's not a it's not a show. Yeah. Uh, there is some yeah. there are some people who are seriously angry about things, and uh, and there are. Uh, and the governor's office folks are are fed up with them, yeah. um, you know. I, and and I'll say this: while I disagree with a lot of oh, almost everything that the that KIV and, and that administration has sure. done, sure. I, I have found her and her people to be. Um, Communicative, uh, you know, you, you can you can have a conversation and you can talk to them, and they will they will explain their line of thinking on mm-hmm. things. It's it's not well just because that's the way we wanted to do, and we're going to do it that way, you right. know. Or oh, and I have also found them at least in uh, in private to be receptive of other ideas mm-hmm. and of ideas that of you know that have uh, maybe goes against the grain of the Republican and, Party. And I'm going to add one other trait that I've noticed uh, with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it starts with her. It's something that I noticed about her years ago, uh, you know, going back maybe even 10 years or more. 
uh, as she was, uh, when she, I think it was when she was Secretary of State, that mm-hmm. I, she and I had an extensive conversation one time. She hurt the tone that she strikes mm-hmm. is radically different, in my opinion, even when I'm disagreeing with her on something. Yes. The tone she strikes is radically different from the tone of your typical conservative Republican. Mm-hmm. And and that to me speaks volumes because I know I'm not always going to agree with everybody, mm-hmm. and they're not always going to agree with me. Mm-hmm. But if we can talk together as reasonable people, mm-hmm. at the very least, I can say, okay, I may not agree with you, but at least I understand you. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Riley, to me, and I know you know he was a controversial mm-hmm. in in our. On our end of the political spectrum, he was a controversial governor. Sure. But you know what? I found, and I've had many, over over his tenure, I had many conversations with mm-hmm. Bob Riley, face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, the thing that I always liked about him was, even if I didn't agree with what he was saying, mm-hmm. at least with me, and from what I could tell, for the most part, publicly, his tone was reasonable. He wasn't mm-hmm. a strident partisan in his tone right now he may have been with his policies mm-hmm. well he was with his policy well you know what but I, not with his tone no and, and i said this about riley you know the last person that uh in this state that that wanted to radically alter the the tax structure and amen uh, and i know things. exactly bob riley exactly um, right. and and exactly he took right. endless hell from that from yeah. from his party and from some democrats who were misguided at that point um mm-hmm. and um you know i have i have some serious problems with with a lot of things riley did Me and too. and, and continue to do afterwards uh, you know I, and i think he was uh in many ways uh, very very greedy and selfish and and he mistreated a friend of mine which i was you know i, I did not care for at all but and he was pro death penalty, which I had a major problem yeah. with. Yeah, uh, and 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 you know, so so there are certainly those yeah. things there. Uh, but you know, with, with the Ivy Group, you know, first of all, no step too high for a high step of sugar. Uh, and uh, you know, I think that they are. Um, <laughs> like that, <laughs> she said that to us. Did she really? Yeah. She, those are her actual words. Yeah, no step too high for a high step. Of that is so sad. Um, I love it. Uh, so uh, you know, but and that was when there were a lot of people questioning her health and, and yeah. things, and so uh, that yeah. was her comment back. Uh, but um, um, <laughs> you know, I, I like I said, I, I disagree with almost everything they've they've done but uh you know one I, i'll tell you this i the, i give you an example of why i have a tad bit more faith in her or i can give you two well first everybody knows the the she's going to rely on data and and yeah. doctors and, and not well, dates she's, she's been doing uh it. yeah and she's so so we got that but then in addition to that there uh this week here and as these were going to be our our top stories where there is has been a push by the morons in the in the legislature and God help me! What are y'all doing in electing these people? I mean, they, you know, just, just forget the the party affiliation, okay? You can elect Republicans, all right? If you want to elect Republicans, fine, whatever, elect right. them. Right. But for God's sakes, at least elect decent, at least smart people. Right. I mean, these fools that y'all have got up here is I, 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 you wouldn't trust them to watch your. I would not trust them to watch my dogs. And people who are going to truly look out for your interests, like you know, I know we, one of the things we wanted to talk about was this Arthur Orr legislation. Uh-huh. You know, so Arthur Orr is basically saying with this piece of legislation that he's that he's proposing that business owners should not have to be held accountable Mm -hmm. for the damage that is done by forcing people to work during a pandemic. Right. 
Right. Or or if they implement uh, guidelines or fail to implement guidelines, yes. uh, such as requiring customers that come in and have contact with their employees, right. if they fail to limit those people from uh, in, you know, entering the, uh, the employee's uh, personal space, getting right. within a six feet area of them, right. uh, not wearing a mask, not wearing this, touching things, doing whatever right. uh, to contaminate whatever the, that is taking place within that business, they're no longer liable for any of that. So, the, the, the employee... Not only so that they the business owner can allow all that to happen, then fire the employee because yeah. they're sick or, yeah. or doesn't want to show up or yeah. doesn't want to be be put in danger because maybe they have a pre existing condition or an right. underlying condition that would, that would put them at higher risk. They can fire them. Nothing the employee can do. So basically, to me, what that says is there's a certain segment of, of, of society that Arthur Orr is basically saying, you know what? Yeah. I don't give a damn about you. Working people. They don't I don't care. give a damn about you. No. You can live or you can die. Yep. It doesn't matter to me as long as you serve my purpose. Yeah. And you know what? If you die, yeah. we'll just we'll scoop up some more to replace you. Oh, and listen, it, it gets even. We ought to read through that bill and the and the callousness that is present within, within that bill yeah. uh, that he has there where uh, they put limits on if somebody does die well, mm-hmm. of how much the, the family could sue for mm-hmm. uh you know because well we can't allow them to sue for you know for the for the actual cost of medical care and things like that you can only sue for punitive damages which are capped in alabama mm-hmm. by the way uh and so so you can't you know that all of the, there's this callousness that, that goes into it that is exactly what you said which by the way um, let me introduce you to arthur or spent his entire life in the legislature there mm-hmm. uh that's exactly he what a, he does i'm not confusing him isn't he a doctor no no no, no. he's not hey, a doctor? No, he works for cook's pest control Oh, okay. I'm uh, yeah. confusing him with somebody else. Yeah, okay. but trust me. Yes. Okay. Uh, the uh, but yeah, it, it, another one of the bills that, that have been put up by the geniuses there uh, would would take away Ivy's ability to solely uh, distribute the federal funds that are coming from the stimulus package uh, that have been uh, sent out to states, roughly two billion dollars now. Uh, that so they they want to take that ability uh, away from from K. Ivy and instead uh, I put our on a three-person panel or something that mm-hmm. uh, you know made to make sure that she doesn't do it. And the fear there, the fear is, is that she's going to use those funds and some others that they're that probably coming expand to expand Medicaid, Medicaid. Yeah. Uh, and because she has seen what's taking place uh, and where this really started to hit the ground was it with it, with the numbers in the black belt. And when they went down and started trying to uh, test the people in the black belt. And they didn't even have any damn doctors down there. Yeah. They didn't have any way to go about testing anybody. They yeah. had to move units down there yeah, to be able Ron, to test people. What Ron Wyatt was talking about yeah. on the podcast. Uh, uh, it's, I mean, but yeah. I, just the yeah. the sheer lack of medical care mm-hmm. and the people down there who have never in their lives seen, well, since childbirth, mm-hmm. have seen a doctor, mm-hmm. you know, and – and so I think that stunned them. And, and people that are that I'm, and you and I both know this, and 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 hopefully many of our podcast listeners know it. The black belt is loaded with comorbidities. Mm-hmm. People that have comorbidities. Yes. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's. Well, it's because the, there there's so many little simple problems that could be addressed and fixed right. if you had routine health care over the course of a lifetime. Right. You know, if you if you just went to a doctor and understood and, and had a doctor explain to you how these things work. 
you know, uh, and why these things are, are, are conditions that are going to, that are going to cause you problems in life and what you can do, what you can eat, what you can take, how you can, how you can beat these things that are your know, inherited uh, traits that are, uh, that are things that develop over the course of a lifetime that are so much severe, uh, more severe if you don't do anything. So just to just to recap, because I know we, we're going to have to take a break soon, just to recap, two key pieces of legislation being proposed by Republicans mm-hmm. that are designed ultimately mm-hmm. to disenfranchise the least of these yes. in our state. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Also three, uh, because oh, there's another one. Uh, there is another one. Okay. There is a third piece of legislation. And, and keep in mind, this is the same Republican legislature that, that called everybody back, forcing everybody. Democrats yeah. aren't there, forcing everybody, it's trying to force everybody back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but to uh, to only. Only cover local bills and budgets. That's all they were going to do. They're going to do yeah. local bills, budgets, and they were going to get the hell out of there. That's all we need to do. Yeah. Of course, you know, the budgets are complete works of fiction, uh, but you know, yeah. because nobody has any idea how much money we have. But mm-hmm. regardless, that's all they were going to do. But instead, now we've got this bill from Arthur Orr getting, giving everybody the legal right to kill people. Uh, and, and then we have, we're, we're going to take away Kay Ivey's right to spend the stimulus money because God forbid she helps some poor people out. Yeah. Uh, and also, third bill, we're going to take away K. Ivy and the state health officer's ability to issue a long-term state of emergency oh, in the state yeah, of Alabama. That's right, that's right. Uh, because, I mean, mm. this thing has stretched on longer than two weeks, David. Yeah. And the legislature didn't have any. We have a health emergency, and only the state health official, health officer, has been able to, to issue a, a, an order about that. And the legislature hadn't been able to weigh in at all. Right. Because, now, really, what's a health emergency if the politicians aren't weighing the political costs of this? <laughs> so, this is really coming i know the first two are, are, are coming from the senate the, the third one is also coming from the senate uh yes it is uh i'm trying to remember who was the um uh i'm trying to remember who was well the while, while you're trying to remember that, that let me let me say this you know so i want to give some a shout out to uh, Mac McCutcheon, mm-hmm. who was the Speaker of the House, who is a Republican from North Alabama, yes, who has at least taken the reasonable position that, you know, and I say reasonable, it's relatively reasonable because they really, as we said before, they shouldn't even be doing the budgets. They shouldn't be worrying about that no. at all at this point. But at least he is trying to to keep them on the original path, which is, okay, we're going to do this. But we're only going to do budgets yeah. and local bills. He's, that's what yeah. he's. That's the position he's taking. He, he said that there's nothing coming out of the basket, but 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 budgets and local bills, and they want to get out by Saturday. Okay. So now I I don't know that there was there was a there was a meeting. There was a come to Jesus meeting uh, held uh, late yesterday afternoon, uh, and so I'm not sure Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, Wednesday afternoon. Okay, so that was saying, okay. So you think there may be? A I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. That nobody was sure at that point because nothing had really been done. Mm-hmm. Uh, that at by and by the time we recorded this on Thursday morning, uh, there was nothing that that had really been done that would indicate one way or the other where, mm. where he was going to go with things. But uh, there was they they were very irritated with this position all of a sudden that he was taking, which was not all of a sudden at all. It was just basically carrying through with what they had promised the people promised, uh, yeah. when they went down there. So uh, yeah, that was uh, by the way that that bill was sponsored by Senator Tom Watley of of Auburn, mm. Uh, mm. no also known for his really smart bills. Mm. Um, the uh, so here we are. 
you know, well, the, you have a, you have a legitimate fight between the governor's office and the state legislature because the governor's office has decided to use facts and data and intelligence uh, in making some decisions all of a sudden. And I, I know, listen, I know that throws Republicans for a loop. I know it does, especially coming from one of your own. Uh, and it, it had to be quite the surprise that all of a sudden right. she started making sense. Right. And right. So, you know, uh, but uh, this is this is what you've done here. All right. And let me tell you. They can run around railing against the the shutdown orders and all this stuff all they want to. Poll after poll after poll, including in this state, show that's right. That's right. that those uh, that the reopen nonsense that's out there and roaming around oh, that people are do not want it. Mm-hmm. People think those people are nuts, and they are nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is uh, it is very very unpopular. And the people who who push that stuff are also very very unpopular. Yeah. So Good. hopefully that'll translate. When it's election time, I doubt it. Um, I I doubt it too. But you know, they're gonna keep electing these idiots until. Listen, let me tell you this: until the 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 big mule people in in this state, until uh, the Alabama Powers, Mm. uh, until the uh, all of these other all these other Regions Bank, uh, the trial lawyers, you know, Beasley Allen, all those all those folks, uh, until they put put a premium on intelligent. Uh, people that you can work with, and it ain't got to be a Republican Democrat thing, okay? Mm. It ain't got to be that. It didn't mm. used to be that, all right? I know we we've never been the smartest state by far, but up until two thousand eight or so, it wasn't like this. Mm-hmm. They, they ushered in a group of know nothing morons over here that they could control, and it is it, you can't even talk to them now. Mm. And it's it is. The, the lack of knowledge and the lack of accountability is, is really staggering when you go in and talk to people about mm. things. So, mm. all right, let's slide out of here. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to come uh, back and talk to Jana Bailey, uh, who's a member of the uh, Montgomery County School Board. And if you don't know Jana, you, you've probably seen the video of her uh, discussing the, the issues with race and, uh, and how the, the funding mechanism in the state has, has failed uh, Montgomery County, uh, because that video went viral. And it's really landed all across the country at this point, but uh, but Jenna is uh, is an old friend, and she is very very interesting, and I think you'll really enjoy what she has to say. So we'll we'll be back in just a minute. All righty, welcome back. Uh, joining us now is Jana Bailey. She is for, well, I knew her uh, for for a long time uh, as the executive director of Child Protect. And she mm-hmm. told us just prior to the interview here that uh, this is her 19th year of, of doing that. And well, 19 years of uh, as involved in that is, uh, I mean, you got to be some kind of, I, I don't, I don't even know what yeah. you know, what sort of labeled uh, you, you know either, what. Either was, a saint or, yeah. or, 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 or just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. Well, crazy, I'll take that. I'll tell you what it is. Um, my mother always told me to hire people smarter than me um, because it always makes you look good. So I have always done that. And I think um, the reason that I have been here so long is that I have great people that work with me and have over the last 19 years. And so 
Um, that is always encouraging to me and just a great team that's on the front lines and just does a remarkable job with the agency. So I have to give credit where credit is due. Well, and if anybody is looking for, for any organization to, to support or, you know, to help out that, that would be the one that I would, I would recommend. Matter of fact, it is the one that I most often recommend to people. And so, uh, just because I know you and I know the people who work there and I know what y'all deal with and I know what you go through, but as great as that is, the real reason that we are talking to to Janet today is she is also a member of the Montgomery County School Board uh, in Montgomery, and uh, there was uh, for a time a of uh, still is I guess a video of a, I would say an impassioned plea. Is that fair, Janet? Yes, yes, I, I like that. I like that description. <laughs> so it, it went uh, viral, uh, I would guess you would say, about the inequalities present uh, in the Montgomery County school system and, in, and, truth be told, in a lot of school systems around this state and in other states. Uh, and her plea at that point in time to get more funding for the school system in Montgomery uh, from people who have historically um resisted it i think would be the nice mm-hmm. way to put mm-hmm. it yes. uh and i guess tell us you know, kind of what led to to that i mean you you've been in montgomery a while what i, I assume it was just a, a matter of uh, it all built up and and that was the result well yes and and i i was born and raised in montgomery and and went to college here so i you know this is my city and my town and um, I went to public schools. I graduated in 79 from Lanier High School, and um, I'm very committed to this community and to this, you know, this is home to me. Um, about three years ago, when the schools, Montgomery schools went under state intervention, Dr. Ed Richardson spoke to the Chamber of Commerce at a luncheon, and part of what he said was that in order for us to come out from under intervention and to keep our accreditation with MPS, we needed to have new leadership, that we needed a new board. And because that was part of the challenge is that the board was, um, you know, that they were just, it wasn't working anymore. And it was at like a, a dysfunctional place. We had been through seven superintendents in the last 10 years. So, um, you know, there was just a lot going on. And, and shortly after that, probably I'm saying shortly after that, maybe two hours I got a call from a friend, Stephen Warner, who is the director of Voices for Alabama's Children, called and said, hey, your name is first on the list. Um, we want you to run in your district. And my my reaction was, well, Bailey kind of puts me at the top of any list if you're going alphabetically. And maybe the A right. said no. So <laughs> uh, that was literally what I told him. That was my first reaction. And um, it didn't take me but, a, you know, maybe less than a minute to realize that this is what I was supposed to do. I mean, I had, um, you know, just this overcome of the spirit and the nudge that, you know what, this is the timing and you're supposed to do this. And so we, you know, we went through the election and all that. And what I ran on were two things. One, we have a race problem still in Montgomery, and it shows up in education that because of the inequality of education in Montgomery County. And two, I wanted to help get a property tax increase because we cannot serve these children without more money, regardless of what people say. And I'm sure you know how convoluted it is to get a property tax passed in the state of Alabama anyway. And let me get, I'm going to do a little side. I did some research. Um, my oldest son, 
Frazier and his wife, Christine, live in Chelsea. And um, Christine is who listens to your pro- y'all's program every day, by the way. So I have to give a shout out. She's the one who said, you've got to get on Josh Moon's podcast. But um, so my son is is very, um, she's he's very analytical. He, you know, he's left-handed and he's an engineer. So he's he called and he said, I, I just appreciate your passion, Mom, but you've got to get some facts going too. And so um, I, you know, started looking and... And actually, the convoluted way that this is made up is the 19, early 1900 constitution was set up so that local legislators could control the property tax or as it tra- you know translates into more money for the schools. And so it was done that way for, you know, it was based on race. So to keep, you know, black children from having more funding for their school system. So I mean, it literally says that. It literally says that in the Constitution. It literally says that in, 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 the, in, the, in the, Constitution. the Constitution. Yes, it does. And so anybody that argues with me, you know, I, I say, look, I pull the facts. I owe it to my son, but I did it. I've done my homework. So we got to that meeting after, you know, we, we met with people. We were told the county commissioners, um, one of the county commissioners that um, – was kind of, you know, said, I'm going to vote for it, ended up that night at the county commission, voted against it. Um, and then, um, so the two two people that looked like me voted, voted against it. And so we left there. Um, and then, you know, and then it had to, has to go to the local delegation. And that's where it's been. And that's where, you know, right now it is. But on that March 10th board meeting, because we knew that it was not going to pass, um, because it has to be unanimous with local delegation. We were having to vote on hiring two lobbyists at the tune of $12,000 a month starting March 1st to June 30th was their contract to try and convince these two people, two people, from blocking the majority of black and brown families in Montgomery County from voting whether or not they wanted better schools for their children. And so that after that got to the floor for us to vote, I had just gotten off the phone with Reed asking, what can I do? I will do anything. You know, I'm begging you, please, we need this. These children need it. And it was, no, there's nothing you can do to change my mind. And that was that was then, and then it was as late as Monday night this week. I, there's nothing you can do to change my mind. And so um, that plea came. And it really, I'm telling you, Josh and David, it came out of nowhere. I did not plan it because I said I was so upset that day. Um, But it came out and, um, you know, it's time that people in Montgomery call it out as to what it was that we had people that look like me that made decisions 1900, 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, up until 2020 that are still making decisions that are based on race and by not allowing that, like I said, the black and brown families of Montgomery County to be able to vote for their children. It is keeping people from voting. We're not asking for a dime from the legislature. None. Not a dime. They don't have to do anything but approve for us to put it on the ballot. This is, you know, and this is another frustrating thing is that the school board has to jump through all of these different hoops in order to do their job. Um, And I think Josh and David, one of the other frustrating things through all of this is five years ago, this August, is when the school 
system for Pike Road was approved. And Pike Road did not have to go through the same things that Montgomery is having to go through. Um, and so they asked for 28 mills and it sailed through the legislature. Just sell through. So they are at 28 mills. Montgomery is at 10, and we're asking for 12. We're not even asking equal to what Pike Road has. And so um, so I made the plea. I called it out for what it was, and, um, and I'm not going to, you know, I certainly have gotten some negative, but most of the comments have been positive. I think the video is maybe almost at 5 million views, and I, I've been keeping a list of the states and countries of people that have called and commented and sent emails and the stories they've told me. And, you know, and so I'm, I'm here now, and um, I'm not giving up. Um, you know, I, I'm very convicted, and I know that at some point we're going to have to address this, not just in Montgomery, but throughout our country. You know, the pandemic has magnified the inequality of education, not just in Montgomery, but throughout this country. When you see a little boy in the afternoon in elementary school sitting on a curb by a school bus with Wi-Fi, with a, a checked out tablet, if that doesn't break your heart and make you want to do better by these children, but, then shame on you. you know, I, I, I have, you know, I've obviously lived in Montgomery for, uh, you know, 15 years, I guess. And, um, and, and uh, my, you want, you started by talking about Dr. Richardson and the, and the school board. And I, I certainly, Dr. Richardson, and I had our, had our run-ins, <laughs> but uh, because uh, I felt like, what and and I and maybe you feel this way now I don't know but what I felt like was is that there the board uh the school board in Montgomery is an easy target uh it's a it's it they they're there uh their board uh meetings often you know devolve into into chaos because of the the situations that are presented to them mm. um that and look sometimes they have not done a great job uh but at the same time these are the people that were identified as the problem there. And while I was there, the, the turnover on that, there had to have been at least 20 me different members of the school board. All of them were bad. All of them showed up and were bad. But what happened was is everybody kind of went in with this notion of we're going to change this, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then they got there, and I think they kind of realized what you did. Uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong uh, on this, uh, but that there are underlying issues here that prevent advancement, that are that are hamstringing us, that are keeping us from from going forward. Uh, and one of them has traditionally been this funding uh, aspect of, of the school system because Montgomery, starting in the 1950s, became the hub of private schools. Uh, at, at one point they had more private schools in the city of Montgomery than anywhere else in the country. Mm. Uh, and, and that what, that's where the white kids went. The private schools are 90 plus percent white. The, uh, public schools are 99% black, uh, or minority, mm -hmm. uh, and certainly 99% poor. Uh, and you know, and really it's not the race that has the, this issue here. It is the poverty levels within those schools. And I, when you remove that, uh, you know, I think you have a problem. So I, I assume now that you are there, was it, uh, an, was it an eye opening situation or is it what you expected um, having lived there? I, I feel like that I was on the outskirts, you know, I understood, um, and I knew, you know, funding was an issue and, and that we needed more money. Um, the distrust in the school board, I think, was 
as you said, part of it was true, but part of it is because the school board's hands are tied and not, um, you know, as you see, it's controlled by so many other politicians. Um, it, you know, the legislature, the, the county, the city, you know, everybody wants a part of it and wants to control it but not really willing to step in until it was taken over by the state. And I think that there there was a good point in that. I will tell you, though, that this school board that we have now is is not the same old school board. Um, Claire Will, who is the chair, is um, you know, a business leader here in Montgomery, and um, Claudia Mitchell are, are new, and, um, and Brenda Coleman, you know, we are the new ones, and we come in with new a new vision and you know I feel like that those that were left on the board you know really at at times had their hands tied because they they couldn't control I mean everybody you know wanted a piece and every time they hired a superintendent you know if somebody didn't like them then the school board fired them and I will tell you that in the last year and a half that has been asked of us it has been asked of us and when I have been asked these have been you know separate meetings um, starting you know with this millage one of the things was well if y'all get rid of this superintendent we will talk about supporting the millage and the answer is no we're no that's not even on the table for me dr. Moore is amazing. She is exactly who we need here. Her team is, you know, working like a clock. Um, and she's got exactly the right people in there who are making changes and doing what they're supposed to do. And so, um, you know, we've had a lot of backlash from that. And, and that still is part of, well, we just, we just, you know, we just don't like her. We can't work with her. Well, we're working with her and she's overseeing the schools and that's what she's hired to do. And so, um, there's still a lot of, of that that going on. Um, but underlying, I think I've been surprised at the, no, the not the number, but the how the least amount of people have this much control. And I thought this was going to be the easy part to be quite frank with you. I never, because when I was running, you know, Reed and Will they, and Doug Singleton are all in the district I ran in. And it was, you know, we'd meet and it's like, we've got to get more money. You know, we've got to, we've got to train these kids for the businesses and we've got to do this and that. So a year and a half later, they're saying, well, you've got to prove to us, okay, in a year and a half, this is what we've done. So what are you talking about? We stepped up, we've changed, you know, and so that's been the thing is that, you know, you've got to prove. And let me tell you this, um, one of the amendments that is in the bill, which it's going to be voted on probably this afternoon, it's number 14 on the agenda after the budget, our bill is, but one of the amendments that we had to agree on was um, every year for the next 30 years, MPS has to present a report to the legislature um, telling how we spent the money. Uh, wait. Can, I, can I stop for just a second here? All right. So let me let me tell you the truly, the truly moronic and hypocritical thing about this, okay, mm-hmm. is the person who presented this amendment uh, mm-hmm. to be attached to this bill, demanded that it be put on there, mm-hmm. is a lady by the name of Charlotte Meadows who's now a state representative. When I met Charlotte Meadows, when I was doing uh, an investigation of the Montgomery County school system for massive grade changing that was taking place to falsify students' grades and push them through, uh, to push kids out of the school system that were in no way prepared to get out of the school system. Charlotte Meadows was the president of the school board. 
during mm-hmm. this time. Uh, and the whistleblowers that, that I interviewed uh, went to her first, and she ignored them. And so this is the lady who's now asking yeah. for accountability for yeah. things, you know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you, you see well, where things are going. Well, here. I'd like to, Jana, let me let me ask you this. Uh, you got a county there that is 59% African-American. But it sounds like you've got a school board that isn't reflective. Uh, the composition of your school board is not reflective of that. Is that correct? Am I right about that? Well, there's seven school board members and three are white. Okay, so yeah. then it is yeah. reflective. Yeah, the school so board it is, is reflective. Yes. Okay. So, so, then, so I don't do math, by the way, David and, okay. and Josh. So I was told, whatever. I was told there would be none on this podcast. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, please. That, that is, um, you know, I, I don't so, have very many gifts, and math right. is not one of them. So, so, so we're but, good on we're good on that count. Yeah. But then my question is, why is it that that this is such an issue with the school board? I mean, I'm talking about the overall management of the school system. I don't know a lot about Montgomery County, but I know after seeing your impassioned speech and I was very, I was just blown away and I was telling Josh about it. And Josh was like, Hey, I know Janet, we can get her on. So you <laughs> Thank know, you. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, so then why, why is this a problem? If you've got a school board that is reflective of the racial composition, and I would assume would be in sync with you. Oh, David. We're going to have to take you to Montgomery. <laughs> oh, okay. David, um, <laughs> Too right, much time in North I, Alabama. I've talked to, listen, I've talked to so many people over the country that, you know, they know the civil rights movement started here. They know the Civil War was embedded here. And I said, you know what? We are fixing to have the next civil rights movement. It's going to be about equal education. And, and, I, and it's coming. I'm going to tell you, I got a lot of people all over the country now that are ready whenever we have the travel ban lifted. But um, that's, that's a story for the, another day. Um, I will tell you, and this is this is my opinion, and this is what my observation through the years are, and through just learning and reading, it is all based on race. And you're right, the school board can do so much and go so far, but we cannot get more money unless it goes through the county commission. Now, fortunately, well, you know, and I don't know if y'all have explained this or whatever, but in order to get a property tax, the school board has to pass a resolution. It, it has to be majority. It does not have to be unanimous. So we did that. And we had six people voting for it. One person abstained. Or one person voted against it. I'm sorry. So, um, yeah. I'll explain that story as well. All right. So, and then, so then it goes to the county commission, our resolution, and they have to put it out for two weeks to advertise. And then they have a public forum. Two weeks later. So at the public forum, the um, it does not have to be unanimous. So most of the people, that, I think there were 23 people that got up and spoke that night, and 18 or nine of the, 19 of those were in favor of putting it on the ballot. Um, but it still had two people opposing it. As you, as you said, Rhonda Walker and Doug Siegelton voted against it. Rhonda had told us the week before that she was going to vote for it. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm learning a lot about politics too that I'm not liking. Um, I thought I thought your word was your word, but obviously that's just me being a naive elected official because I'm not a politician. But so then it it went to the local delegation, okay? And so to get out of the local delegation committee, it had to be majority. But once it got which is where it's going to go today. Once the bill gets to the floor, 
then it can be it, it has to be unanimous local delegation. And that's today. And that's what we're looking at. There are three amendments that were added. Those were not added to Pike Road. Um, I asked point blank if um, an accountability amendment had ever been added to a school property tax. And nobody has been able to answer that question. So I'm, I'm thinking probably not. I can't imagine Mountain Brook having to bring a report to Montgomery every year and show how they're spending the money in Mountain so, Brook. So what I'm hearing you say basically is this reminds me a lot of the situation that Washington, D.C. is in. It sounds as though you've got people at the legislative level of the state who are micromanaging Mm -hmm. what's happening in the city of Montgomery, and they're doing it in a way that you believe, and, and based on what you're saying, I believe, is thoroughly rooted in racist and classist Mm-hmm, kinds mm-hmm. Of, of, of thinking and thought processes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that pretty much sums up most of that, Montgomery I politics. Mean, you yeah. just said it. I mean, that, yeah. you know, that's, that's 100%. Now, that's my belief, and that's my observation, and that is historically what has happened. When you go back and read the history of Montgomery schools, even after desegregation, teachers were paid, black teachers were paid substantially, substantially less than white teachers were. White students got better school buildings. They got better resources. So it is rooted very deeply in race here. And so to me, this is just me. And like I said, I'm, you know, I'm who I am, not the sharpest, but, you know, I'm kind of smart when I look around at things. But, you know, when you are not given the majority, which are black in Montgomery County or any county, when you are not giving them the opportunity to vote, then to me, it, it, it looks like race because you didn't have to go through this in Pike Road. Now, I'm going to, you know, it, you can compare those two all day. One is bigger than the other. But at the same time, why did they not have those issues? Why are yeah. we having these issues? The, uh, yeah. you know, That's over, the thing, too, is, 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 is it's not you're, you're not just passing this thing. You're, you're you're asking you're sending it up and letting these people present it to the citizens of Montgomery County for a vote. That's that's what we're right. doing here. Yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. Which they, you know, which is which is why one of the reasons I brought in the D.C. parallel. So you know, I wish. Okay, you, you know, I'm African American. You guys are white. I wish somebody would explain to me the mentality of. And I know this doesn't apply to all white people. My hope and prayer is that it doesn't apply to most white people. But I'll be damned if I can understand why it is that. Apparently, a sizable percentage of the white population seems to think in this country and in this state seems to think that that suppressing the ability of black people to just have equal footing Mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form benefits all of society. How in the freaking hell does that make any kind of sense at all? That you should, that you can cultivate, create and cultivate a depressed section of your community, mm-hmm. and you think that that somehow benefits you. How? What's the logic there? I, I don't understand it. Hate, hate. Um, Which and, means and there is hate. no logic. There's no, 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 and 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 I will say that Montgomery itself is now learning a hard lesson. 
about the consequences of that behavior. Uh, and, and I think, uh, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, because I was going to say here, uh, because I know we've, we've kept you a little, uh, about 30 minutes now. And I, I know that's, we're going to get too long, but, uh, you know, that was one of the reasons why Jen saying what she said was important because she is, uh, and, and, she may disagree with this, but she is a member of the uh, Montgomery. I don't want to say upper class or elite because that. <laughs> that, that, that. Well, it, it, I mean, come on, it, you know, everybody knows Jana. Everybody knows your husband. Everybody, you know, I mean, it, it, it's it, it just is, you know, that's who y'all y'all are are well known. You're well respected. You are you when, when y'all talk about things, people listen uh, to what you say, and and so I, that's the reason why it was so very important what she did yeah. was because it reached a group of people who have historically been indifferent uh, at, at best and historically indifferent at best mm-hmm. uh, uh, and uh, uh, in stark opposition at worst mm-hmm. uh, to the advancement of anything that related to that section of town, mm-hmm. uh, the West side, uh, the South side, um, you know, and, and so, but as they have, as this has grown over the years and though, you know, they, we, we use the interstate to, to cut them off. We've used the busing scheme to cut them off. We've yeah. used all sorts of things to cut off the education uh, resources. Uh, they have seen that it is no long, they are no longer able to contain the problems that come from an uneducated and uncared for portion of town mm-hmm. within those confined areas. It was almost like, if, see, if you've seen the wire, it's almost like Amsterdam yeah. uh, yeah, over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and as long as it was over there, everybody was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't care about the crime. And as a matter of fact, there have been mayors who have justified, well, yeah, there's crime, but it's over there. You know, it's criminals shooting other criminals. Well, and, and you know what, Josh, and, and I'll answer, um, David, and, and I know, you know, we get long, but I'll tell you, this is a subject that people need to hear more of it. Um, I believe that back in the 60s, when the civil rights movement was happening and Dr. King was leading that, and there were people and it was it, it was going and then he was murdered And I think at that time, there was not someone at that particular time that stepped in to take his place and continue that with the kind of humility that he had, the kind of, you know, um, we, we protest without violence, you know, all of those things that Dr. King stood for, there, it was left like this big vacant hole. And in the meantime, there were, there were no white people that had the influence. Like, you know, Josh, you talked about me and my husband here. We are, you know, we're very small fish in a very small pond. And so when this video went viral like that, I'm thinking, okay, where are the other white people? Where are the others that have the privilege that I do that are seeing this and hearing this? And their, their circle of influence is a lot bigger than mine. Like, they can make things happen. Like, where are they? Come to Montgomery. I'll meet with you. Because what I've understood now, and I've learned this, um, over the last, you know, five, ten years is that I didn't grow up privileged. I mean, I grew up, you know, very poor, single mom, domestic violence. You know, there was alcohol and drugs. I grew up like that. But I'm just realizing that even though I, I was, you know, at poverty level and all of those different things, I was still white. 
and I still was going to do better than the same child that was black that may have, you know, been financially better off than me. I'm just now learning that I need to use that. But there are others in this town and in this state and in this country that need to come with me. And and we need we need to make this louder. And like I said, this pandemic has opened up the ugliness and the injustice of 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 education. And and to me, education is what separates people. It it is that is the one thing. It's the safe place for kids, but when they go and there's no hope. And I'll, I have to say this one more thing about the, the magnets. And, and y'all can cut it, so I guess you can cut out whatever. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, you but, can, you, um, we're not going to cut you. Hey, you know, I can talk all day. Um, <laughs> but, but one of the things that, that Montgomery has based the school success on for the last 10, 15 years have been the magnet schools. You know, LAMP has been number one in the country or at least in the top 10 the last 10 years. Great school. BTW, great school. Well, let me tell you this. BTW has a limit of children going there at 300, okay? They get the resources they need. They get arts. They get band. They get photography. They, you know, they get all these things at the magnet schools. They get the teachers. They get the resources they need. That's 300 children. So what happens, this happened last year, the 301 child that met all of those requirements didn't get in because it's capped at 300 children. So now this child who is zoned for Lanier, which is one of the failing high schools in Montgomery, is not offered those um, AP classes. Um, there's not a, a, a Algebra two teacher at Bellingrath Junior High, which is the feeder junior high that goes into Lanier. So he didn't get that. So now where is he? He doesn't get all the arts. He doesn't get his advanced placement classes. So what's going to happen to him? Is he going to get the same opportunity? So when you when people start saying we've got the number one school and all that, that doesn't count. That is 300 out of 28,000 children who are not getting equal education within the same school system. So we could even narrow it even further down because we know, and David, you may not have realized this, but the, the magnet schools were, they were implemented as a way to keep white children in the public schools when everybody started pulling their kids out in the early, mid, late 80s to keep white children in the public schools. And yeah, that was I, another I way to separate them because they did it by um, interviews or whatever. You know, they yeah. did over an application. So, Well, they did the same thing up here. Jana, they did the same thing up here in Huntsville. I've lived in Alabama. I'm from Chicago, but I've lived in Alabama for 30-some-odd uh, years. And so I, I have seen... As a as a just a, a tax paying citizen, and then as a as a working journalist and broadcaster, I've seen exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And until I will tell you this, you know, when Brian Stevenson brought in, you know, the the Equal Justice Initiative and the lynching memorial and museum, um, when all that it, it 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 took a little bit of the bandaid off, but. But it was just like a little, it was a little ripple. And we've, we've got to continue that. I mean, to me, it's, it's got, I mean, look, you know, and I don't want to get off track from school, but I just look, you know, look what just happened in Georgia. Every single person that has a heart should be up in arms. I don't care what color you are. 
you know, this is wrong, uh, you know, and, and this is, it, it, we have a, um, the race issue when, when people are wearing masks going into Walmart. I mean, come on. And this is all, it is all because this is how they were brought up. It's based in fear and in hate. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, you're right. And listen, I, and I know, I, I know you can talk all day and I, and we could talk and I could talk about this all day long as well. And, uh, you know, so, but we're, we're going to have to cut off it, but I, but I, I will say this, if there is anything that, that we can do, uh, here or that I can do, uh, to help you with, with whatever you're doing, you just, you know, you let me know, uh, and, and we will be more than happy to, to help with this because it's, uh, it's something that I've cared about for a long time. It's something that I've railed. I, I, I don't know how many words I've, I've wasted or spent on, uh, in, in newspaper column inches and, uh, yeah. and, and on, online and everywhere else about this issue and about, and yelled at people and, and, you know, lost friends and, and made enemies and, uh, you know, and uh, over this. And, mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. if there is anything that, uh, that we can do to help you, let us know. But, uh, you know, just know that you got support up here and, uh, and that well, I'm uh, we'll very be grateful. And, and I, I really do appreciate y'all. And to me, the more this word gets out, um, the more I think people are going to, to, to buy into the cause. I hate to say that, but at some point, and I believe this pandemic is going to bring it to a boil. I really do. I think this is what's going to tip it over to say, we've got to do better in this country. We've got to, we are losing children, generations that deserve better uh, i hope so and, and jen I, I know we kept you for a while and, and really, okay. really really do appreciate you yeah, oh, thank I appreciate you jenna. It. nice to meet you thank you all righty welcome back in to alabama politics this week <laughs> Which may or may not have been the first time I said the name of the show. <laughs> we only, both forgot it, honestly. Yeah, we only 45 it. minutes into the show. Well, we, we were getting listen, worked up. We were listen, getting worked man, up, man. You clicked on it. You know what the hell the name of the show is, <laughs> <That's> all right? <laughs> Found the logo. You clicked on it. You yeah. know what you're watching. That's right. That's I've got to right. tell they you. Know. They know it's us. All right. Uh, listen, that was uh, a very, very... Uh, Informative, I would say, an interesting interview with uh, with Jenna Bailey, and uh, well, she you know, my... is a firecracker, as we used to say. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, she. Uh, I love it. She doesn't hold back. Man. She gets wound up, man, mm-hmm. and uh, and it is. Um, she is. Um, she's what they need, and, and you know, I covered uh, Montgomery and Montgomery politics and uh, the education there uh, for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, more than a decade, and. Um, there, there are a lot of stories that, that I could tell about that and about the system there. And, um, and it just, it, it's, it's really, you know, the story she talked about, about the 301st kid. I mean, it's, it's worse than that. I mean, it's, you know, you, you just, you, you've left behind thousands and thousands of kids, you know, and, and it just, you can't, you just can't do that. You can't, you can't do that and expect uh, everything will be okay, you yeah, know, and, right. and, and, right. and you can't limit. And they, they knew they were doing it. They knew exactly what they were doing when they were doing it. They knew exactly what they were doing when they created all of these other things to keep from addressing the problems that they had created mm-hmm. uh, with the private schools and, and defunding basically the, the, the public schools there. And, and they, they, 
they knew exactly what was happening, and everybody who's come along has known what was happening there. Where, where you know, they, when they created the magnet school program, oh, everybody raved about. It. And listen, those are great schools, and and Lamp is a world class school. What's the name but of it? Lamp, uh, Loveless Academic Magnet Program. Okay, uh, and you, I mean, it's like. At times, it's been the number one school, rated school in the country. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, I mean it's it, and it's consistently top ten in you know, mm. U.S. News and World Report and stuff. And so it's purely it on academics. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean it's okay. hey, it's it's a it is a world class kind of kind of place to go. But the thing that always killed me about this is you have taken thirty percent roughly of your of your school population mm-hmm. and, and put them in. You know the the upper crust academically yeah. of your school population because the uh, the magnet schools are are not uh, majority white. They are there's a higher a number of minority students there. Yeah, uh, I think you know, they have to be. I know at least in yeah. Huntsville they right. It, it, yeah. Well, they Montgomery for a while. This will come as a shock. Was getting around that. Yeah, uh, yeah and then the Department of Education Civil Rights Department busted them a few years ago. But um, so. But so you have all these kids, and, and they have a fairly high number of impoverished kids, free and reduced lunch kids uh, that that are there. So you clearly know that the ability lies there; that the that that it is not based on skin color or even on economics. Yeah. Yeah. It is merely based on the resources that are provided to the kids there, that they, so they can lift themselves out of that situation. That's right. That's right. And yeah. and yet. You, you you're leaving behind thousands. I mean, twenty thousand kids are in substandard schools that you know are substandard because you created them that yeah, way. You right. know, yeah. and it just it, it drove me insane. And I kept telling people, why don't you take the magnet schools and, and do away with them and just put the magnet programs in the high schools? That way, the ki- other kids have access to those really great teachers and to those really great resources and to those parents who are involved and caring and and are, and are donating crap all the time to those ki- to those those places and to the and and to those kids to those academically motivated kids that are worried about their college choices and where they're going to go so they can be peers and examples to the other kids through that. And, and so and so the reason that they don't, Janice said, is hate, and I would say I agree with that. Though mm-hmm. I think. We can probably nuance that answer even more because, you know, there's there's overt hate where uh-huh. you just like, you know, I hate black people uh-huh. or I hate fill in the blank, yeah. whatever the blank is. And then there is, you know what, I'm better than those people. Uh-huh. And so I'm going to ensure that the societal structure always has a hierarchy that keeps me and people like me at the top yeah that's not that's not an overt hate right it's a benign hatred uh, yeah. but it does exist and 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 i think white supremacy mm-hmm. is even more of a problem than overt hatred because white supremacy is what keeps these structures in place mm-hmm. that that ensure you know whether it's redlining whether it's uh you know uh bias and hiring uh, housing, mm-hmm. uh, school selections. That's what keeps the structure in place that keeps black people as a group mm-hmm. disenfranchised. Now, many of us are able to, you know, some kind of way push back, rise above, mm-hmm. you know, despite these these circumstances. But it doesn't mean that even those of us who have risen above it 
uh, and manage to get a good education or get a nice house or get a great job or whatever, it doesn't mean that we are not affected by it still. I'll say, all right, because I I did live there and and I did know a lot of the people who were uh, were sending their kids and their kids would go to the magnet schools there and... um, I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think it's fair to say to that all of those people, uh, even the people who would fight you over over keeping the magnet schools there, who, who would fight you over that. I don't think it's fair to say that they are uh, racist or that they that they come from a a place of hatred out of that. I think that what it is uh, at this point for them, uh, because they have. They have so they're they're looking out for their kids, you know, and, and I don't think that they would care to send their kids to most of them to a majority black school if that school was a quality school. And so I think that what you have is and why don't they do it? Well, because there's not one. And so you, this well, is the system. In is, yeah, in Montgomery. Yes. And so so what they have done is, is the system that has been created over years of this neglect and racism and things that went into this for for a number of years. Now, don't get me wrong. There are certainly racists and there are certainly people there that want to keep the status quo and they enjoy seeing the black people stay in their lane. You know, don't don't get me wrong about that. There are. I don't think at this point. Uh, the majority of the people that are that are sending their kids to to those schools in Montgomery uh, to the to the magnet schools I'm talking about, uh, having known them and having talked to a bunch of them uh, over the course of time, I don't think that they that hardly any of them are, are racist people. I don't, but they do it because that school provides their children with a quality education there. And there is not an option for a public school system that would, would be of, of anything, anywhere close to uh, equal level. Uh, and, so, and so, so they're doing it for, for the benefit and because if they remove them from that school yeah. and take them and put them at Lanier, for yeah. example, um, Lanier is, and, and I'm going to be kind, a dump. I mean, it is, and it, people should be ashamed of what Lanier. I mean, that's, a, that's the school where Bart Starr played. Uh, I mean, it's a. I mean, you know, this has a legacy there that yeah. is uh, of of, of all, not just ac- of athletics, but of academic achievement and things as well. And so, what I think, I think uh, we're we're more or less on the same page because mm-hmm. what I'm talking about is uh, a systemic problem. I'm not just thinking about the magnet schools versus the non-magnet schools. I'm also thinking about the uh, what we were talking with Jana about in terms of all of these little private schools mm-hmm. that have been created. And, and mm-hmm. I think you and I were even talking about the fact that some of these schools have been in, in existence for decades. Mm-hmm. They they came. They came about as a response to Brown v. Board of Education. Yeah, now so a lot of I'm, those are, are right. very so, problematic. So, so what I'm really talking about, Josh, is something that's broader and more systemic. I would agree with you that white families who choose to send their children to magnet schools, mm-hmm. uh, understanding that those schools are predominantly black, probably. Uh, for the most part, are going to be people who are not afraid of black people mm-hmm. and who don't have yes. superior, uh, or at least are going to be less inclined to have this 
sort of white supremacist superiority going uh, on. Uh, uh, real quick, uh, and I will say, too, that having spoken to a lot of those people, most of them see a, a true value uh, yes. for their children yes. in being in a more diverse exactly. population of students. Exactly. And they believe exactly. that those students exactly. overall are more prepared to go into the world at large sure. and lead more, lead more productive and giving lives. So, so what I'm talking about is, is not, this was not what I was saying earlier. wasn't a criticism of the people who are sending their children mm-hmm. to magnet schools. It was a criticism of the overarching problem of white supremacy, which mm-hmm. creates the necessity right. for magnet schools, right. and which continues to disenfranchise historically black mm-hmm. schools or underserved schools and underserved right. communities, and which has resulted in the creation of mm-hmm. these private, overwhelmingly white schools mm-hmm. that people have used uh, to escape from... Right predominantly black school. Yeah, and, and I don't disagree. But I think, too, though, uh, while, while I will defend the people who send their, their children to the, to, those, uh, to the magnet schools, and, yeah. and to a large degree, you know, having, having met with a lot, I'll say over the course of the last several years, there has been a real push, even within a lot of those private schools, to become more diverse, uh, to hire more uh, African-American students, or, I mean, uh, teachers and coaches, uh, and to get more uh, students in there. Now, uh, that's limited somewhat. So it's it's kind of strange, man. And you really you really have to be in Montgomery to kind of understand uh, the the hierarchy of things there. But it's it, there's almost a hierarchy of, of private schools, which is really weird. Mm. Uh, and and so, but uh, in some of the lesser private schools, I would say uh, of the not quite as expensive uh, private schools, there are there has been a real push. And I think people but because of what I said, I think there has been a, an acknowledgement among parents that our kids, if we just uh, hell, there are kids in Montgomery who from birth to graduation of high school rarely interact with a black person. Right. I mean, right. A, a, in two, 2020. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that is the the insanity of that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and it, it has been quite uh, designed that way. Uh, you know, the the way the city is set up, the way the busing system is set up, the sure. way the uh, sure. you know the whole thing is set yeah. up that way. And yeah. so, uh, it's but, an infrastructure of racism, yeah, white supremacy, exactly. Yeah. And and because now, though, the, while I will defend those people, they are also part of the problem uh, here because. They are so resistant to change there because they don't want it, that change to land on their children. Nobody wants that. Nobody. Yeah, listen, you want to change those schools, fine. But let my kid get out of there, you know, and, and let him get that great LAMP education and go to uh, MIT or wherever, you know, and, and be set for life. And let's don't change it up now. And so that's the kind of, I'm going to say it's a, it's a, you know, and I understand all of us as parents mm-hmm. want the best for our children. Mm-hmm. But if we believe, if we deep down in our hearts believe that it's okay to sacrifice the life and experience of some other child and family yeah. for the sake of our own, mm-hmm. there's something wrong. Well, there is. Uh, but the problem, of course, becomes that's a nameless, faceless child. That's a, you know, well, the, well so show me this child is suffering, you know, and, it's, and it becomes, well, except, you know, they are. Except it's not. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. But what I'm saying is, is in their eyes, this yeah. is, you, they see their kid here. Yeah. They know what that, what's at stake. And there's not a, a kid 
because you know, they don't know any right. black children. Exactly. They don't associate with any black family. Exactly. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. what what my argument has always been in for Montgomery is if you don't want to do these things to mm-hmm. to to to, to you know, to fix the schools, uh, your only choice at this point is to essentially set up um, almost a, a, a the Jeffrey Canada uh, that, that yeah. runs the Harlem Day School. Yeah. Yeah. Your Harlem, only yeah. choice mm-hmm. at this point now is to to establish some schools like mm-hmm. this, uh, some extended day schools, some some LeBron James type schools, mm-hmm. uh, which are going to cost some money mm-hmm. uh, here. Uh, and but I think I feel like. With the charter school situation that you have, you have some opportunities to do that. Right. Now, the charter schools that they put in place are basically money grabs by rich white people uh, mm-hmm. to set up their friends and, and create another avenue for white kids. But So I've heard. Uh, yeah. So I've heard. Uh, instead of establishing schools that mm-hmm. would – I mean, you could do – overnight, you could change that place. I mean, and, and, and it wouldn't – it wouldn't even cost that much more money to do it. And, you, I mean, look, look at what LeBron has done. There, yeah, it's it, phenomenal, and, and Akron, and, and it just yeah, phenomenal. I mean, it is, it is, and and you and you have the resources to do that. Somebody, with by the way, who does not have a high school diploma right. himself. Oh, he has a high school diploma. right? Well, he got yeah. a GED or something. Oh, no, no, you're right, you're yeah. right. He doesn't. Uh, thank you, thank yeah. you for correcting me. He's got a high school diploma. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have a college degree. Right. Yeah. And never bothered to go. No. Has proven himself to be one of the smartest professional yeah. uh, businessmen. That's right. Uh, at, with his team and his group around there. That well, I mean, Ron's worth billions of dollars at this point. He uh, is, and uh, he knows how to market him. And that move to L.A. was calculated. And yes. uh, and look, it just. In 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 this state and in that city, uh, and you could use that city as a model. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, because what you have done with the ridiculous uh, Alabama Accountability Act, uh, you know, that allows uh, businesses to uh, contribute to these scholarships, there is nothing, nothing that prevents a business like that from donating to public schools. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Go and set up the program for it, and give them the tax exemption for that for the same way, and let them set up pup. Uh, public schools in cities that are like that and and do i mean this is not uh, it's not rocket science it, it really right. isn't and, and and i think that is the only way you're going to get it done because outside of that you're asking you're asking legitimately you're asking parents to to sacrifice their children's education uh, and they're not going to do it man and listen i i what I, I i mean you know who are you? Who are you beholden to? Who am I more beholden to than my child? Well, there are there are parents who uh, who make the sacrifice, mm-hmm. and I and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit in judgment completely and say you know uh, that every white parent is obligated mm-hmm. to do to integrate and to you know, but I am going to say I am going to say that I think the overarching attitude speaks to a deeper issue Mm -hmm. and perpetuates the climate and the problem that we have today. And until somebody says, you know, and I'm just going to, I'm going to end my comments on this with this, Josh, until somebody does what Dr. Sonny Herford did Mm -hmm. here in Huntsville, Dr. Sonny Herford said, my child is going to integrate this school. Mm -hmm. And he walked his boy to school and, you know, and, and he literally, you know, and of course he, he was doing it because he thought he would have better educational opportunities, but he was also doing it with, 
with the thought in mind, as as parents did all across the country, who integrated black parents, I'm talking mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. who integrated these predominantly white public schools at great risk to themselves and their families and their children. They were thinking about their children, mm-hmm. but they were also thinking about the greater good. Mm-hmm. And they found a way to reconcile that. I'm not, you know, again, I'm, I'm not saying everybody's got to do it, but somebody's got to do it, Josh. Yeah, and I don't disagree at all. I don't disagree at all with, with that. I, you know, I I think it's it's going to be it's going to be difficult to 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 do that. But the one thing we know for sure is that the only method that has ever consistently and and proven to work in terms of uh, closing the the gap between uh, impoverished students. And wealthier students, and black students, and white students, and all sorts of minority students and white students is integration. Uh, it's the only thing that has consistently worked. It showed tremendous uh, results uh, when it w- actually was tried for a period mm-hmm. of about eight years. Uh, and you know, and and in addition to that, it did not do anything. To the top uh, learners uh, up here, it didn't bring anybody down. Right. It just lifted the bottom higher. Sure. Uh, when you introduced the same resources and the same teachers and the same sort of academic structure uh, to these people uh, at the, that had traditionally been denied that sort of thing, sure. and it just it, it just hadn't. Uh, there's nothing else that that, that fits or works. All right. Well, that was pretty deep, and uh, you know, but maybe people enjoy it. We'll see. <laughs> That's uh, uh, but now to uh, we'll dumb it down with this week's uh, <laughs> right wing nut of the week. Uh, yeah. And listen, uh, I, we uh, I don't think you could dumb it down any any further. Uh, this is about rock bottom. Yeah, about rock bottom. Yeah. And, and this week's nut of the week are you know them well. They are your friends on on social media who continue to post. The ridiculous pandemic video and continue to push the the conspiracy theory that says Dr. Fauci is part of a plan with Bill Gates. Uh, I, I, that thing has that video of this and uh, it, it been spread around and people are acting like this is the greatest video ever and it really exposes something because look at this. <laughs> y'all are crazy man y'all are crazy stop it yes, I, yes you know, yeah. you know, i've been watching the uh the michael jordan documentary there uh, you know, yeah. the last dance yeah. so i'm just gonna uh, mimic michael and say stop it get some help <laughs> I, I mean you know we did the, the psa a long time ago turn it me. stop it get some help and, and that's all i'm gonna tell you man listen yeah. there the amount of people who are willing to believe utter nonsense because it reinforces something they want to believe Mm -hmm. is staggering. I mean, this, that is a fruitcake video, man. And there are people sharing it all over the place, acting as though they have just, I I don't struggle. I I mean, it is insane, man. It's like they found the Zapruder film or something and it's just not, what are you doing? Well, I mean, doesn't it, doesn't it, Josh, really, doesn't it emanate from the top, the cult leader of all cult leaders in our nation today? He is the, he, is he not the quintessential conspiracy theorist? 
Donald yeah. J. Trump. I mean, he, yeah. I mean, he's, he's the one that started the birther movement, uh, you know, yeah. and, and fed into that nonsense. A complete and, lie. Yeah. That and, he had to have known was a complete lie. And, and I'll tell you this, uh, Don, Don Lemon dragged that guy. He sure did. I love what he did. I love what he did. But, yeah, but he's right. And it's just, uh, and you're the right. The obsession with, that Trump has with Obama is like, it's it's borderline masturbation. Uh, it just is. Um, well, he, you know, he wants to undo everything Obama did. And yeah, but just... I mean, he's so fixated with him. It's almost like you know, you could almost imagine that you know, he, he's, he's looking at him like yeah, yeah. Like, like he's a Playboy model. <laughs> he's off in the corner in the White House, you know, with a magazine with where Ivanka can't see him. I mean, uh, you know, it's just really sick. You're gonna, yeah, it it's is. sick. Uh, he's uh, he is a. But he's a deranged individual, uh, and you yeah. know it's. Uh, look, let me be clear here, okay? There is not a conspiracy. There is not a problem there with with these with Dr. Fauci and with Bill Gates and with uh, the the other doctors and people that are that are out here telling you that this is a serious issue to take seriously and and who are recommending to people these stay at home orders as you have seen in Tennessee and Georgia when they rolled these things back and now they're up fifty percent in in reported cases and deaths are rising and now the White House is expecting uh, a nine eleven level uh, casualties every day starting in June. Uh, uh, you know, look, that is that's those people are being serious. Those people how, are being real. How, how is it that people think that Fauci and Bill Gates are able to do so much when you got the commander in chief, arguably the most powerful person in the world who's actively fighting against it and has a whole cabinet and administration that's fighting against it? How, how could you believe that Fauci and, and Bill Gates alone now, are more powerful than that whole apparatus? Well, look, here, the thing that gets me is is, is the, dumb. With what, it is dumb. It, dumb. What what it's it's I think it's a uniquely American thinking in in its selfishness and, and in its self absorption uh, there because oh, these people forget that, that yeah. this same virus mm-hmm. was in China, was in South Korea, was in Japan, mm-hmm. was in Greece was all these different places and all of these places, especially South Korea and Japan, they locked it down. They did what they were supposed to do, got their testing, they got their tracing, and they're merging on the other side of it. Hell, they started playing baseball in South Korea. Mm-hmm. I mean, so the it can be handled. The problem here isn't Dr. Fauci and a bunch of conspiracy theories. Right. The, the problem here is that you elected a boob, yep. all right? The, and the, a guy who has told you to uh, inject yourself with disinfectants <laughs> to cure the damn thing, all right? That, and who told you a month into this that we have 15 cases and very soon they're getting very much better and they're going to be down to zero right. and we've got it handled and there's right. no problem. And, and right. you know what? He's an idiot, and you followed an idiot, and this is the thing that happens when you follow idiots into things. You get into stupid situations and stop coming up with dumber excuses for it. That's right. That's right. All right. That's it. Hey, pretty good show. Felt good, man. Yeah. Get that off my chest. All right. That's it for uh, for this week. Uh, Let me thank uh, Jenna Bailey uh, for coming on, spending some time. Awesome. It was. uh, And uh, and to Chip, as always. Chip. Chip What up, Chip? Uh, I'm knocking it out uh, there. So uh, we'll uh, be back uh, next week. God willing, in the creek don't rise.